I'd like to welcome our first sponsor to the official Do Good Better podcast, and that is DonorDoc. Listen, as a nonprofit, DonorDoc knows that you wear many different hats, and that's why they are here to help you make your life easier. DonorDoc helps you connect with your donors on a deeper level and provides you with the tools to become the ultimate fundraiser. There are other instantly cool features too, but we know connecting and staying connected with your donors are high on most of your priority lists. Hey, guess what? DonorDoc is so awesome, and I'm telling you, so awesome, that to everyone listening, they are giving you a 100% discount off your first month. That's right, 100% off. It's absolutely free to use for your first month. All you have to do is use the referral code DOGOODBETTER, and you're set. Again, do good better. It's simple. It's easy. Head to DonorDoc.com to learn more and get started. Hey, thanks, DonorDoc, for being an official sponsor of the official Do Good Better podcast. Did you ever think, going back to your biz, going back to the biz, the biz side of things, Mm -hmm. did you ever think you would hire someone? Or did you think you were always going to be solo? Always solo. Really? Always solo. Your organization is awesome, but sometimes you want to be even awesomer. It's time to get your fundraising on with your host, fundraising expert and author, Patrick Kirby. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kirby. And of course, this show is all about small nonprofits doing great big things. We don't have a nonprofit on today. In fact, we've got a partner in crime here, Abby Furchner, on the uh, show today for episode 50 50 Whoa! episodes it's officially halfway the 50 halfway to 100 also i just nice wish work. people were a fly on the wall to see what just happened before we went on he told me i should intro yes but for some reason i couldn't say the podcast title that's very true so, so i need patrick do it. the <laughs> so here's the thing so part of the reason why we're doing this today is a we're indoctrinating Abby into being sort of a, a, a fill-in host for podcast mm-hmm. stuff. So welcome your additional host, oh, Abby, gosh, to the no show. Pressure. So that was really for the first time, uh, making sure that you knew what you were doing and saying the actual podcast right. Um, well, so we have some work to do yeah, there. Yeah, that, that's going to have to be, we'll practice that one. But really, it's just trying to get sort of like, a, hey, what are we going to do for our 50th episode? Mm-hmm. We, we interviewed a ton of awesome organizations this year so far. Um, we've only, we're only like you know five months in or four months in, five months in to, um, to the show. We're always at 50. This is amazing. I love it. Um, but we wanted to do kind of a, um, a, kind of a special episode today yeah. before we kick off our like official second season. I don't even know if we're going to be calling season. it seasons. No, you have to call it season two. It's like we have a, a spe- we have a special guest uh, lined up for episode fifty one that we're not going to tell you about yet. Um, but that's that's kind of where our head was at. It's like, what are we going to do special wise? Mm-hmm. Introduce uh, sort of Abby as part of the co host thing, and um, yeah, have fun with it this way more than another way, which is interviewing other people that we do traditionally in the uh, official Do Good Better podcast. Right. So I'm going to let you take the reins on this. I don't want, oh. this is what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn the podcast mic over to you. Okay. You take the run at this and you will be judged. <laughs> you will be judged by the listening and viewing audience. Oh, you do it right. okay. Sounds good. Your background on TV should give you at least you would one think, leg up. You would think, but remember when we first did our first Facebook live and yes. I told you how nervous I would actually get doing yes. Facebook 
like this is kind of the same thing. This is not, this is because it's not live. This is recorded. I know, but it's still, it's still a little scary. It's very funny that you can do this again, harking back to our first Facebook live uh, together is that you could stand in the middle of a field Mm -hmm. and, or a active shooting site Mm -hmm. for like morning news and not be nervous. And yet a Logitech (laughs) HD camera and a a podcast microphone (laughs) is terrifying to you. I think it's just because it's a, it's a different environment. It's a different audience. Yes. So it's just adapting and getting used to like the new, the new way. We are not, we are not, yeah, we are not interviewing for Karens. We're interviewing for nonprofits. I'm going to let that joke sit there. I'm not going to say anything to follow up after that. All right. (laughs) Okay. Let's talk shop. Yeah. I'm going to give you the floor. You you run this. Episode 50, run by you. Happy virtual. Okay. Well, what I think is really, like, I don't want to do the cookie cutter surface level, like, Hi, we're Patrick and Abby, and this is what we do at Duke Better Consulting. That's, that's good. Boring. That Nobody gets old. Wants to hear no that. one wants to hear that. So instead, I want to dive in deeper Ooh. and get kind of the questions that people don't ask or mm. like don't think to ask. Because, you know, you see our cutesy little Facebook picture and you're like, they have it all together. They're always happy. And that's not always true. No. Nope. Well, for you, you're always happy. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. We'll get to that. We'll get to that question, though. <laughs> but. The first question that I thought of Mm -hmm. that was like kind of a little bit deeper is do good, better consulting. Yeah. Kind of came out of thin air a little bit, but like what was the, what has been the hardest part when it comes to owning your own business? Did you, did you imagine it to be this way or like what has gone through the past few years for you and what has been the hardest part? Um, wow. Hardest part. Um, here's, here's a weird thing. The hardest part is, um, is charging people. I mean Mm. this in the weirdest way where like, um, I know it sounds cliche where like find, find a job you do for free and you should do that. Um, that was always my biggest hangup is I would literally do, if somebody gave me, if I won the lottery, Mm -hmm. I would continue to do this. And that's a weird thing to say. And I'm not, that's no, that's no BS. I would actually do that. So it is, um, it's that it's the chart. It's charging consulting fees for service, right? Finding my own value. And I think that's what I think a lot of nonprofits find difficult. And mm-hmm. it's where the, you know, I came from the nonprofit world. That's kind of where my jam was. And um, I think we feel we are undervaluing is normal. Right. Our overvaluing is either like I'm overconfident or this is kind of what we're going to do. And so pricing selves was the most difficult and still is. It's the most difficult thing that I do when I'm throwing a, uh, an estimate together or a proposal together. And I look at the number on the bottom line, like, Hey, this is, you know, six months worth of, of work. This is, you know, hours were for a project. And here's the price tag that I know our value is. And I look at that and I go, shit, that's too much. Yeah. I know it's not. But my guttural instinct says uh, we shouldn't charge that much. And that goes back to a scarcity mindset, abundance mindset thing that we talk about to our clients every single freaking day. And um, it's the those that can't do teach kind of bit where I I cannot get my brain wrapped around how to justify a thing that I would do and I love more than anything. Right. 
And no, I would totally agree with that because I think honestly, like in meetings that we have, Mm -hmm. we could just do this for free all day, every day. And we do, we provide. Oh yeah. I mean, half our intake calls on a regular basis are you and I sitting down and just solving problems without sending any sort of bill. We'll never do that. That's really what I never want to do. But those long-term commitments sort of like revitalizing or system building or event stuff over and over again is hard to do. Yeah. That's the hardest part. I think about that whole thing. Yeah, I agree. Taking a leap was easy. I, I'm nuts enough to do that. It's just like, well, let's just start a business. That sounds that sounds great. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the oh, now now I've got to charge people for it. Mm-hmm. What have, what was I thinking? Like that, that's the hardest part. Yeah, and I can tell right now you're you're trying to not say swear words. I know. <laughs> it's, it's our podcast. We can do whatever we want to do. But then I then our. Then our our producer has to say, well, he said a curse word and now we got to say it's mature curse words in there. So we were sorry. I just think it's so funny because I knew you wanted to say it again. And then you were like, and I was like, you know what? The but hardest, that's like you, the hardest. Yes. The hardest part is also being authentically and adjusting in, in between. Yes. Like I, I know you and I know how to do this, where we kind of hop back and forth between who we're talking to and what's appropriate. Right. And when we're out in the, in the other room, Oh, person yeah. like sailors and then how it's appropriate to translate back and forth. It's, it's when we had our, when we had a radio show uh, here locally, mm-hmm. my biggest fear was cursing on, on, on air. Mm-hmm. And now we can oh, curse yeah. any time we want to on here. I just choose not to, but right. then in regular life, just sailors. Like going, going back in the day when I was still at Valley News Live, they yes. wanted, we thought it was, it would be a fun idea if I went through like a haunted, like yes. one of the corn mazes. And one of my producers mentioned, well, you should do it live. And I was like, no, no, I should not do it live no. because I don't know what I'm going to say once you frighten yes. me. And I think that, <laughs> I think that I could possibly be fired if I do this live, but no, I would agree. You adjust, but like when, when we're kind of in the element, mm-hmm. you kind of like, it doesn't even like really no phase. I- and then when we're alone, it's, Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and again, I think part of that, I, I, I curse all the time. I literally curse all the time. Yeah. And so when we're talking with clients and stuff, I will, I will use curse words because that's the, the amount of enthusiasm that kind of ramps up and amps up mm-hmm. of like, Hey, you are kicking ass. You're doing this kind of thing or whatever. I will say that out loud and it doesn't matter who it's with. They need to know this you're getting, the, you're, you're getting <laughs> this. And I think there's an authenticity to it. Now, when you're trying to go out and you're, and you're projecting a, um, it's unnecessary. Going blue is easy. Mm-hmm. Trying to find descriptive words that um, that will help incite enthusiasm without going blue and using curse words, I think, is very difficult. And so we try to do that in the public square mm-hmm. um, and putting our best foot forward is not being the group that just curses a lot. It's, I think it's used as emphasis on how excited yeah. we are about the possibility we can help those groups or getting people's heads out of their own rear and saying, you got to get you better than this, mm-hmm. which we spend an inordinate amount of time doing with like a lot of people who we talk with about how they're insecure. They're talking about like, well, you, you got to do it. You got to do it. And it's something you got to effing do it is usually the way that we can get that point across. <laughs> that you got to do it. it. <laughs> well, I kind of want to go down this train. I don't have any questions on this, so yeah. we'll just see how it goes. I like it. But I, I have my own opinions about why it's important to be authentic Mm -hmm. even in front of a camera or on a podcast or anything, or even when we're in meetings and talking to clients, Mm -hmm. why do you think it's so important to be authentic? Like, and obviously there's, there's 
you can be professional, but mm-hmm. still be authentic. But I think sometimes people get behind their work yes. desk and all of a sudden it's like, I have to be professional all the time. Mm-hmm. But like, that's no fun. Uh, what the biggest, the, the compliment that I go for, and I, I know I, I fish for them is um, if you see what we do in podcast form mm-hmm. or we do it online or we, or, however that is, mm-hmm. when I meet somebody in person, the goal is to always have, you're exactly who I thought you were. Yeah. I, I think it is so clear to who puts on a persona online and who puts out. Um, it's why when I, you know, I post on Facebook, you know, that my kids are not angels all the time. Mm-hmm. They are, my daughter poops in the yard. My kids are, un, they're me in a eight and a six year old body. Mm-hmm. And so I don't give the shiny roses all the time kind of thing. It, the reality is being a parent is hard or whatever. So I think people appreciate that the same way that, that um, I'm overly enthusiastic at all points in time. It's not because I'm inauthentic about it. I'm literally like that the entire time. Right. Right. There's not a, there, I don't go to a meeting and just like put on a show. Mm-hmm. That's I'm That's on all, all the I, time. I'm literally like that all the time. All the time. And so, but I believe that you're, you have a responsibility to do that. I, I read a book a long time ago uh, called happiness is a serious problem. And, and part of the, the gist of that book is you wake up every single day and you choose whether you're not going to put on a happy face today. Mm-hmm. You choose to be depressed. You choose to be in, not depressed, but you choose to be a grumpy, you know, a crappy attitude. Yeah. yeah. You choose to do it the same way that you wake up every day. You choose to put on deodorant. Why? Because you don't want to smell. Well, but you choose to have a crappy attitude. That's the same choice. I choose to be enthusiastic because if I've got the ability to be enthusiastic, I get to go and spread that. If I don't, I'm, I'm not doing what I was put on this earth to do. Right. And I think that's really where I've, if you found your love, if you found, if you're working at a nonprofit, you're working at a business and you do the things you love, you did it for a reason, or you know that you that. did that for a reason. So be authentic about what you're doing at all times. And I know, and I think you, I think there is a very, there's a very fine line of over enthusiasm sounds and looks inauthentic. Oh, I agree. Right. All the time. And I think if you don't know us personally, Mm -hmm. or you don't know, you do good better as a personal brand or some, or myself personally, I might in a, in a brand new square, come off inauthentic. Right. But that's it. That's what, that's for real. Like that's, that's not literally, you're going to get right all the time. And I no, And I a hundred percent agree with that. Like when I was like, I'd be lying if I said that every time I was on TV, I was always that chipper and happy. No, some days I was like, it's four in the morning. I want to go to bed. Right. I don't care to be here. Nope. I have not had enough coffee, yep. but like my thing was the same that you said is like, I wanted people when they met me in person mm-hmm. To be like, you are the same person we see in the mornings. And what was really fun was like talking with, especially when I like, when I found my jive and my love for nonprofits and I got to work with them all the time. That's why I'm obviously here. But um, like when the camera was off, I didn't want to just be like, and then just be like, not talk to them and be like rude. And well, obviously no one does, but like what was so fun is like actually getting to know those guests and showing that like, yeah, even though the camera's off, like I'm still this bubbly, happy. Yeah. I want to be here. I want to mm-hmm. like talk to you person. Yeah. Like I just, 
because you can all, mm, you can always mind. tell you, you can, can tell when tell. people are not who they are yes you can and so i'm just gonna lay that there yeah you can <laughs> and that's, that's the problem and i think that's where uh we've set a standard we've set a bar where we are we have to be on mm-hmm. we have to have that enthusiasm it's exhausting right you know you and i take different breaks and mental breaks on on sort of the enthusiasm gap on like whether you go to do you know working out or i'm sitting in front of playing video games or whatever the case may be um, you need that break because you need to put forth every single effort. And that's why I love about this gig and love about um, do it better in general is that we come with it every freaking day. Right. You know, it's, it's, you set the, you set the tone early, push all day. It's the same thing. But what I love about us being authentic mm-hmm. is that this gives us the opportunity for the people that we meet with to sh- open that door yeah. that they can be authentic with us. Like yes. low key it's fine to start your meeting with venting yeah, and like stress out. I'm stressed Most out about this. Do. Right. Like we're actually slash counselors if you didn't know, yeah. <laughs> but Amateur, that's what, right. unsolicited therapist. advice. We will give it to you. Always. But like we, I would rather them be that than be like, everything is going great here and we're top notch. Cause that's, we all know everyone is struggling during this time. So yeah. like, let us know. And well, I think, we'll I, I think we also know the reality that is on the ground with nonprofits in general. Oh, like, yeah. We know that they wear 10,000 different hats. We know from experience, your, you know, frontline sort of, you know, seeing the the super joy and happy event or things that you covered over the news media. But you also know the dirty details of like, everybody's just freaking exhausted. Right. Right. And then, you know, my umpteen years in the field, I know exactly sort of the way that people react wake up on a Monday mm-hmm. or have they, they go to bed on Sunday venting and just like furious. They got to go to work on Monday because they don't know what hell is going to break loose. And so I think that knowledge and understanding helps us go, we're going to get you back to that enthusiastic self that you did when you first right. started. That's really key. Cause it's, it's, it's not, it's natural for people to get burnt out. Yeah. But oh, what I found is like, if you're starting to lose passion for something, yeah. that means you need to like seriously pause and yes. regroup, Yes, find people that can help you. Mm. That'd be us. <laughs> and just try to get back into loving what you do. Even if it's not us, and even if it's right. just, you just go on vacation, you or just, you need just a minute. stop picking up your phone for, for a day or two. And, and, and this is where I think the nonprofit gets burnt out is that they mm-hmm. feel like they have to always be working mm-hmm. on the things you're fine. Right. And so just give, giving yourself a little grace mm-hmm. to not be the be all end all to the re- like right. everybody. Uh, it's so necessary. Cause if you lose that spark, if you right. lose that passion, it's just the worst pro tip, pro tip. I know this is like you, this doesn't apply to everyone, but honestly try it, especially mm-hmm. Try it, mm-hmm. Patrick Kirby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unless it's like urgent, mm-hmm. I made a rule that I will not answer or look at emails after 5 p.m. and before 8 a.m. Mm. Unless it's urgent. I have, a I, hour, I have a three hour window. I won't do that. So 5 okay, 30, 5 30 to 8 30. That's good. That's good. Or like have a little bit of a window because yeah. I learned where had been discovering that I kept bringing work home constantly. Mm-hmm. And like, I was constantly checking emails, constantly yeah. doing everything. And I just got so burnt out because I was always searching. I got hammered. I got hammered on that, especially, well, especially during pandemic stuff too, as I'm trying to balance, mm-hmm. you know, being a dad at home and work and that kind of stuff, constantly looking at my phone. 
And I got called out about that at home. Okay. Yeah. Why are you always on your phone? So I put it away. You know, I got an alarm every day, five 30 goes off, goes to the bedroom, turn it over. That's it. Done. Done. So for three hours, mm-hmm. a three hour windows. That's at least good. Three. If, yeah. If you, at least three, so. if you can go longer, you should go longer. But, no. um, so we, we just talked about being authentic, yep. being positive. I yes. love the analogy of it's like putting on deodorant, yeah. choosing what mood you're going to be on. Best. But why do you think it's so important to be so glass overflowing all the time? Like, is there a reason why you decided to live that way? Um, yeah, I just think if you have the ability to do so, that's, I think that's mission number one. There's so much, you can read the newspaper and just be depressed about everything. Mm-hmm. And I just, I feel like I never want to live in that sort of depressive sort of thing. So if I can do it, if I can be, if I can be in a position to bring that enthusiasm, that glass half full kind of mentality, mm-hmm. um, I feel like if you, if you can do it, do it. Right. If you can't, I understand it. Right. So there's a lot of people who just cannot muster enough you know, tolerance in this world mm-hmm. to kind of be glass half full mm-hmm. and right. there's, and there's good reason for it. it sucks. Most things suck. 2020 sucks. Yeah. Like you look at the things that happened 20, remember, remember the forest fires in, in Australia. Oh my God. That happened yeah. this year. 2020 has just been like, I remember don't when even we know. Nearly went to world war three with Iran because we assassinated a world leader that happened yeah, this year. That, that happened. Like it's the weirdest year in it's the entire world. And so I, I think you can get real depressed about it all. And I think mm-hmm. if we do that, if we let ourselves get to, um, and I know there's, there's an audacity to being um, uh, positive. And I know that it sometimes doesn't work. The reality is like things, things suck. There's value in being happy. People are drawn to happy. Mm-hmm. Every, any being miserable and complaining on Facebook is easy. That's the easiest route to go. It's as easy as me cursing in, in just rapid fire succession. That's easy. It's difficult to, to take that and make it, well, how can I learn and how can I do better? And how can I be a shiny light in a dark place? That's right. hard. And I choose that route because if nobody else is going to do it, if, if, I, if not me, who? We say that a lot to the nonprofit worlds too. When we're working together, um, you know, they're looking at their own advice or their own programming and services. And some people are doing the, they're the only group in town right. doing what they're doing. And I ask the question, if not you, if not you, who? Right. And there's not. Someone's got to set the standards. Someone's, someone's got to do it first. Absolutely. Be the, be the standard bearer. And I think if we can be that light, if we can be those individuals and if, if we'd make a zero money off of it from a business standpoint, who cares? Right. Cause it's not, we, our impact is exponentially better than that. Yeah. How can we give people a piece of advice or people who can just, who just don't have any other place to go for, mm-hmm. you know, just a thing that's, I've always wanted it that mm-hmm. to be that way. And that's why I love this business model as infuriating as it probably is going to, you know, sort of, you know, how are we going to make business work? Right. Is I think having that added value of always being there for advice and cheerfulness mm-hmm. is priority. It has to be. Yeah. No, I love that. And I think too, like one thing, one thing that's kind of gotten me, got me through the spring of the mm-hmm. pandemic mm-hmm. is 
trying to remind myself that like, this is, everybody is going through this. Like you're not, cause so it could, there was times where it just felt like so isolating that like you were the only one that was feeling this way, but like trying to remember that you're not the only one struggling. And that's also what we tell a lot of our nonprofits right now too, is they'll come and have our little vent session in the Mm -hmm, beginning. mm -hmm. And you can tell that they feel like they're alone, but everybody is going through the same thing. Like everyone has kind of the same struggles right now. So that's been kind of interesting to see, but it's also been reassuring to tell them like, Mm -hmm. you're not the only one. You're not the only one that is feeling this way. I think that's, that's really the, the key is that there's, there are people because you're physically and socially distancing, you're not getting the, the story. Everybody's trying to put on a, a brave face. Right. It's not an enthusiastic or a positive, it's just brave. brave. Mm-hmm. And, and because there's no acknowledgement that this is hard because people in the nonprofit world don't want to acknowledge those things because they think of it as weak. And then what if other people are going to, like, you can't, mm-hmm. you know, give in to a lot of those, um, natural feelings, I suppose, because for the benefit of your donors, you want to be that, that champion of, of whatever. But the reality is it's hard and everybody's going, but everybody's going through it. Mm-hmm. This is the great equalizer. This pandemic equalizes everyone. Like there's no one person who hasn't been affected by this or 2020 in general, in general. And like, so this is, that's the, that's the best thing that you can know or understand is that you're not, this is the least you've ever been alone. Right. No matter how much you feel like it, like, nope, you're not alone. Absolutely. So, okay, going into kind of a different route now. Ooh, change of direction. Did you ever think going back to your biz, going back to the biz, the biz side of things, Mm -hmm. did you ever think you would hire someone, or did you think you were always going to be solo? Always solo. Really? Always solo. Yep. So, what what changed your mind? Um. I, that's a great, that's a great question. I always thought I would be a solopreneur. I always thought I would be a connector. So actually grabbing other people who did great things and just sort of collaborating as a whole. I, that, that I always thought, um, not to toot your horn, but when you came and said, Hey, I think I'm done, but I'd love to work in the field Mm -hmm. is what really, let's make it happen. Mm-hmm. I was looking for an intern at this point. Yeah. Just so everyone knows backstory. this backstory. We met in what, February? Yeah. And I had been thinking for a while, here we are. We're spilling the tea. Pull up your chairs. Yeah. I had been knowing for a few months already that I was kind of ready to leave the news industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just, I'm only, I was 23 at that time. I just turned 24 in May. Um I just like to age him, honestly. It's Um, so embarrassing. (laughs) But I was 23. I was really burnt out. I was dealing with personal things, with anxiety and things like that. And I was just like, I need to get out or Mm -hmm. I'm just going to burn myself out completely. Mm -hmm. And um, so I had spoken at the first annual do-gooders or the first do-gooders conference. Um, And that's how we met. Crushed it. And I, I was honestly just messaging and emailing everyone that I knew to see if there was either. Wait, I wasn't the only one. No, I'm sorry. Son of a. I'm so sorry. Spilt those beans. I feel like that is, that's, that's terrible. I'm sorry. You were like close to the top. (laughs) That's fair. It's fair assessment. But, but I was, I wasn't even, I was almost like, okay, so I messaged him Mm -hmm. and it was more so like, let's meet up and talk. Yep. So we went to Thunder Coffee, had some coffee 
And I was going to ask him either if he knew of, if he was going to be hiring in the future or if mm-hmm. he knew anybody in the nonprofit world that had job openings right. that he thinks that I would be good at. And we talked and talked and talked. And all of a sudden I left under coffee with a full-time job. Yeah. So no, so up, until, up until that and I, and I, I walked away with what the hell did I just do yep. or what did I commit to? And that, Same. and that, <laughs> yeah, it's just really weird. Um, I knew at that point um, we were going to be busier than we could afford to. Like mm-hmm. I, I couldn't take on the amount of things I was dropping um, a lot of communication balls and just following up with people. Cause we just, I could not keep up as a per, as a single person, like a solo person couldn't keep up with the potential to help. And that's really what I think got this, uh, this, this thing started in the first place where I was like, okay, well I need an intern to help just communicate, develop some stuff that I just don't have time to, or I waste, I use a lot of my time that I could be helping others building things that I, I can't possibly, um, justify. So, sorry, I was intern. And then the possibility is like, okay, well now we can reach out to a lot more people and then adding your skill set really bolstered what we offer is in, in general from a, from a marketing and a media and a perspective and just knowing nonprofits and how they work from an event right. standpoint in the background. It just, it, it was invaluable. Mm-hmm. So no, I never thought it was going to be a, an actual thing. It's now an actual thing. Yeah, and by yeah. the way, that is terrifying. It is. No, it's not. You don't think you know how terrifying. What? Is. Why? Why, why is it terrifying? Why don't you think I know? Because I am now responsible for you in a financial capacity. That is true. It's true, and I think that's just that's the t- most terrifying moment. And I think that was the hangup. I think a lot uh, that I had it was like, I don't know if I can. You know, you never know if you can afford these things. You never know um, that your risk of hiring is weighed up by the reward potential of reaching more people. Mm-hmm. And I constantly battle, I, I constantly battled with that is I know I needed to expand. If I did not hire someone, I couldn't grow larger. Mm-hmm. If I can't grow larger, I can't help more people. So there was my chicken and egg sort of scenario. Right. And so how do you balance the unknown knowing you, you can't project revenue because you don't know, because this was, a, we hired, you started in the middle of a GD a pandemic. pandemic. So the risk of nobody is hiring, we lost clients mm-hmm. leading up to your hire. Right. So you had clients falling off, contracts failing, uh, people just abandoning all the conversations because they didn't know what was going to happen, and you were coming on board. That's a terrifying proposition. Yeah. Now, now I know. You, you never, search. you never, like you never made me feel that way though. Which was really no. interesting. No, because because I don't think you needed to be um, terrified terrified of coming on to something brand new. Because this is, I understand that you're you're taking a a risk, leaving the thing that you went to school because you love, and then taking a risk and doing something completely radically different. So it would be I've had terrible bosses before that made you feel like just absolute garbage. Right. So I I'm I'm using all of my experiences from bad management in order to do the opposite mm-hmm. of those things. And one of those things is projecting my my fiscal and emotional insecurity on stuff onto other people. Mm-hmm. You can't do that as a as a you have to shoulder that as an as a manager or get out of the office in order to talk about those things with somebody else because you can't let that go back to uh, you know 
your employees. Right. If you, if I sat there and, and just ripped on the ability to afford somebody right. your first three weeks, it would be the worst experience of your life. So you have to shoulder that. So that's terrifying on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then doing it in a pandemic. Well, it's like it. three times higher. It's awful. On the terrifying yeah. scale. It's awful. And again, I think it's funny because I think the payoff is going to be quicker than I anticipated and the impact we're going to make is 10 times more than what we thought, Mm -hmm. but only because I think we hit the ground running and we just knew, we knew intuitively and even talked about it, like we got to just crush things. Right. And just get in front of people. And then from there, I mean, you, it's like, Hey, reach out to a bunch of people. And like within a day, like, Hey, we reached out to these people like, Holy crap. Right. And then that started the whole cycle again. Like people are like really excited about it and they're seeing the potential and that's what kind of group. So, yeah. And now here we are mm. and you can't get rid of me. Nope. I can't. Well, you can, I could, you I could, won't. I won't. Okay. Yeah. Okay. To end it. Ooh. Final question. Yeah. Cause I think this actually tells a lot about a person. Mm. What? is your favorite board game. My favorite board game? Hold on, time, time. Because you want to know why this can tell a lot about a person? Yes. Because anytime someone tells me, well, I don't really play or like board games, Mm -hmm. you're boring. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I have three, but for three different reasons. Oh, okay. Love this. So I love Catan. What? Catan. I don't know what that is. See, this is... Oh God, I have so much to teach you. Uh, so Catan is like, it's like a, it's like a, it's like nerd games in a board game. It's like, uh, how do I describe this? It's like a role-playing game, but you gather like things and build cities and whatever. And it's awesome. I like it because, never mind. <laughs> Number two. Wait, I think I might. Have you played that? I don't no. know. Number two, um, and I'm going to bottom up. So number two, the next is. Um, risk, uh, but Game of Thrones risk oh. because it has a button that you push, and every time you like play a card, it goes and it plays the theme song to Game of Thrones, and it's it is brutal. If you ever played, um, if you ever played Risk, but you haven't played with Game of Thrones, anyway, it's amazing. It's amazing. I've never seen number Game of one. Thrones. Well, I've seen the first season of Game. That's yeah, true. And then number one, it's not really a board game per se. It's kind of a board game. It's a game itself, uh, Dungeons Dragons. I got into it about a year and a half ago, and I'm obsessed with it. Mm. It's so fun. I play every Monday. See, I think this tells a lot about who you are. Why? What do you mean? Because. <laughs> you have to say, now you've gone down the rabbit hole. You can't. They're just this. like kind of like animated nerdy games. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. You don't need to. They're super cool. Love Risk. I've never played Dungeons and Dragons. I feel like that's just like a more nerdy thing. I always thought I would get into Dungeons and Dragons in high school. Nobody played that. I played Magic the Gathering, which is a card game, not a board game. Oh. And that's super nerdy. You play like super nerdy Final Fantasy games on Super Nintendo. Super Hmm. nerdy. It's just a collection of things that I'm a dork Hmm. for years. But here's the other thing too. Like I am a super dork and super nerd. So this actually matches personality wise. Anyway, That's what I mean. It tells a lot about a person. Like my favorite, my two favorite board games. Mm-hmm. I love Candyland. Yep. Love Candyland. Yes. When I love all the colors. Sure. I just love the game. Like I just think it's so fun. It's this candy. I love that game. This makes sense. And then my second favorite game is Life. 
because I love how you can like dictate and I could have the mansion and I could mm. have the dream car and all the fun things. You could just like literally create your life of how you would want it to go. No, no, I get it. <laughs> what about guess who? Uh, hmm. I don't like Battleship. I loved Clue. Oh, I love Clue I so love, much. we had the PS4, like, game on the ps4 glue clue what no glue. no 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 so you have the board game yeah but then it's like the actual like characters are like re- like reenacting okay so you have the board game no listen it's really cool uh, no it's really cool you have the board game and all the cards and all the stuff yes. and you play the board game but then you like get to pick on your ps4 mm-hmm. like you just do the scenario you just sit on your board game and then they're like the fun characters like go and like reenact mm. it and everything okay. so you could like actually be in the mansion and feel okay more of the presence no i get it that, that makes sense. love clue okay i used to play clue but not write anything down my challenge to play clue was i would just remember remember yeah Ooh, i like that i don't mm-hmm. psychology but i know it's a good question love it tells a lot about a person well thanks for um 50 50 Number 50 whole freaking episodes 50. Me. I hope this was fun for everybody. It was fun for me because, again, I th- we're going to kick this off. Abby will be taking over uh, a handful of interviews and um, and starting her own podcast as part of the whole brand uh, here in the near future as well. So it's it's really kind of a fun thing as an intro. You know, advantage having a reporter, a former reporter and producer for a news station, do question and answering for a podcast bonus for us um but that's super fun so now you get to torch past here here that's like a torch for those of you listening we're <laughs> mimicking pat as uh, uh and you get to do this soon and start doing episodes and that's gonna be fun so enjoy abby as a co-guest host co-host co-host, co-host. of the official do good better podcast hey episode number 50 Let's, we're going to call 50 episodes a season. How about that? There we go. That's aggressive, but let's go. Good. So good. season two starting next time. Special guests, Woo. announcements coming soon. Hey, thanks for joining us here on the official Do Good Better podcast, episode number 50. Thanks, Abby. Bye. There are countless videos, books, articles, and folks out there with suggestions on how to raise more money. Of course, that's a major problem. Too much information. Do Good University has an online library of lectures, courses, and trainings that concentrate on one thing, making fundraising simple. Come join other like-minded do-gooders who are looking to unclutter their fundraising life. Enroll at Do Good University today at dogoodbetterconsulting.com.